Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vanish Chicagoland Stories, the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Pete Castanis, and today's date is August 29th, 2021, and this is episode 54, season three. And we have an interesting show coming up, and uh, right now we're going to go into a commercial break, and this program is sponsored by KTEL Record Selector. And here's a commercial from 1972. Enjoy. Are you fed up with constantly searching for the records you want? Are you tired and frustrated from always straightening out your LPs? Now with KTEL Record Selector, this will never happen again. To choose your favorite music, tilt the first record forward. The others follow automatically. Pick your selection when it appears. To choose more LPs, Lean the next record forward and wait for your choice. The record selector is a new space-age design for selection and storage of records. Fingertip control regulates the speed of record selector. To replace the records, tilt the first record forward. Record selector with a mind of its own will automatically stop where the LP was taken from. End awkward selection and storage of LPs with record selector. Attractively finished in a gift box. KTEL record selector, only $3.99. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial for KTEL Record Selector. I remembered this commercial very well. Uh, If you were collecting uh, record albums in the 60s, 70s, even earlier than that, but mostly the 70s, they had uh, this product out, and uh, they used to advertise it on television with other KTEL products, uh, you know, like also records. They had a wide selection of that. And uh, it looked pretty cool, but I didn't know. I never had this, and I never knew anyone who did. So it looked like it worked to me, based on the look, at, based on viewing the commercial. Well, you never know, but uh, I think you can find these on eBay very easily. I imagine you can. Okay, we have an interesting show coming up. Uh, let's see, uh, we I'm going to talk about three things. One first. I'm going to talk about the Avon Theater that was located in Chicago on the northwest side. We have the uh, the comer- the cartoon, the television cartoon Space Angel, and that was bro- that was broadcast in the early 1960s. And then last, and I saved the best for last, is Ernie Banks from the Chicago Cubs, from my memories of him. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the Avon Theater first. Now, uh, a lot of people who lived on the, uh, what's that neighborhood, almost close to Logan Square neighborhood on the northwest side, would remember this, uh, not a very big theater, but it was a very nice theater that was located at uh, 3327th West Fullerton Avenue. And it was by, uh, almost at the corner of Kimball, Fullerton and Kimball. And, uh... 
let's see, it opened in 1914. It's a very old, old place. And uh, then uh, it was originally built for the Lynch Circuit. And uh, and then uh, it closed about uh, maybe a few years. And then it reopened in 1935. Then uh, I wrote a story on my blog at Vanish Chicagoland blog about the Avon Theater. The reason I did this is... During the 1960s and 70s, uh, they screened Greek language films. And uh, a lot of people from from my neighborhood or the Greek community where I go to church, they used to travel to this theater to watch uh, movies. Uh, even if you live on the north side of Chicago, south side, suburbs, they went to this theater. Uh, there was another theater that did that. Uh, it was called the Commodore. And uh, that was located, I think, on Irving Park Road. I don't know where exactly it was, but I have to look that up. I might talk about that in a future episode. And uh, I remember uh, the first time we went there, I probably was in the early 1970s. And uh, my parents did not drive, so we had to travel by uh, public transportation. And uh, we lived in Roseland neighborhood on the south side at the time. So let's see. I'm trying to remember how we got there. Uh, I think we took the, uh, the Dan Ryan. Uh, yeah. We took the, uh, the, the L train on the Dan Ryan and traveled downtown. And then we took, uh, the Howard line, which, uh, is probably called the red line back, uh, right now and, or the green line. It could be the red line or the green line. Uh, and then, the train took us to Fullerton Avenue, and then we uh, got off at Fullerton, and then hopped on the 74 Fullerton bus, and then traveled west, and got off at Kimball, and then we arrived at the theater. And uh, according to the article I wrote on my blog, uh, this was published on June 7th, 2020. Uh, you can find it on vanishchicagoland.blog. And uh, the the reason is that this theater was advertised during a television show called the Hellenic Theater. It aired on WCIU TV channel 26 every Sunday night at seven o'clock. Uh, my mother watched it all the time. But the thing is, we couldn't, my, me and my brothers could not watch television because we only had one television at the time. It was a black and white. And uh, we got angry about that because there were some great shows on Sundays. That's her house and it's her television. So we had to wait till nine o'clock. And uh, the host of the show was, uh, his name was Bobby Papadimas. And he would advertise local Greek businesses, uh, mostly Greek restaurants, uh, travel agencies, uh, car, in uh, car insurance companies, very local businesses in the Chicagoland area. He was a very, uh, from according to my mother, he was a very uh, smart man, you know, and uh, he was very entertaining. And he also had a band on the show. And I remember the he would say every time he would see uh, every time the band would perform, they would invite a singer who was Greek and perform. And he would say, beautiful, beautiful. And it'd be funny. And then, you know, a lot of our, a lot of the kids that I grew up with would mock them and would imitate them. And he would have a big cigar and they would talk like that. And uh, 
And uh, every time he would in, uh, introduce a singer and the band would play, he would say, maestro music, please. I still love that. You know, he seemed like a nice man. Anyway, getting back to the Avon Theater, he, uh, the, most of the times the films were screened on Sundays because most people were off. And uh, so they would have a double feature and they would be, it would be films uh, from the 1960s, or the early seven, or even that time at at the current time, which was the early nineteen uh, seventies. And some were comedies, some were drama, and uh, a couple were in color. Most of the time, were uh, black and white. And uh, I remember a couple of movies. And uh, one was like it was something about the war and then at the end of the there was one at the end of the movie i mean like a spoiler alert you know there was a man that got shot in the head you know you see blood dropping out oh it was awful you know for a kid but it was only for a split second and then he dropped dead and then there was a another movie it was in color it was about three men dating their girlfriends but i think the girlfriends were dating other guys and the three men were their boyfriends that is they were jealous and they dressed up as women to spy on them <laughs> i thought it was funny i loved that it, it seemed corny at the time but it was entertaining people the audience loved it they were laughing you know and it was uh it was it was fun i don't remember the name of the movie I don't know. I got to ask my mother about that. But what I remember the theater, it, the interior of the theater was beautiful. Uh, the concession stand displayed an assortment of candy and the smell of popcorn. Oh, it was wonderful. You know, like every old fashioned movie theater, you would smell that. And uh, there were times when the movie was over that ended early. Uh, my my mother did, my mother didn't want to cook, so across the street was a Jack in the Box restaurant. At the, you know, and at the time they were all over Chicagoland, and we went there for dinner. And uh, at the time they had these uh, stained glass drinking glasses, and my mom bought three of them for me and my brothers, and we kept them for a long time. But eventually they were worn out; they got shattered, you know. But they're collectors' items; you can find them on eBay. And I remember one item on the menu at Jack in the Box was called the Jack Steak. I don't think they make that anymore. And I remember the advertising, and uh, we had hamburgers in, but I was—I don't really remember how the taste was. So it was—it uh, was—it was fun. And uh, Jack in the Box is still around, but not in Chicago. It's on the West Coast. Uh, from what I heard, when I've heard from people that commented, they like. Uh, there's some located in southern Illinois, like around the St. Louis area, you know, in Missouri, which uh, I think it's true. But uh, then I heard rumors they were going to bring it back in Chicago, but that uh, that hasn't happened yet. But a lot of people who lived in Chicago moved to the West Coast. They they have them in California and Arizona, and they said eh, it's almost the same. And their tacos were great. They still are. Okay, if I ever visit there, I will try them. Okay. So uh, that is it for the Avon Theater. Uh, right now, I'm going to talk about Space Angel, the uh, the cartoon. Now, this is an interesting show. <laughs> uh, this show is 
similar to Clutch Cargo, if everyone who grew up in Chicago would remember that, uh, they use it was uh, they use a, a technique called the synchro vox lip, and where they show the cartoons and the lips would move. You know, it's kind of creepy to most people, and uh, to some, it's very entertaining and it's funny. And uh, right now, I'm going to play the introduction of the show. And it's from 1962. So uh, when I play this, uh, it'll uh, bring back uh, wonderful memories to everyone. So here it is. Exciting adventure in outer space with Scott McCloud. Space Angel. Okay, I am back. I hope you enjoyed the that introduction to Space Angel, the cartoon. And uh, before I uh, talk about Space Angel, I would like to a uh, couple things about the Avon Theater. I'm sorry about that. That the it was showing Greek movies in the mid 1970s, and then in the late 1970s. They went back to second-run films, and the theater was closed in the mid-1980s. And then uh, it just uh, then it converted to a church. Uh, they re- renovated, they repainted it, and uh, it's still there, if you can find it. And uh, it's on near the, the address is 3327 West Fullerton Avenue, near Kimball and Fullerton Avenue. Kimball Avenue, excuse me. Okay. Now we'll talk about Space Angel. Uh, Space Angel uh, debuted in early 1962. And uh, it ran for 52 episodes. And they used the same synchrovox lip technique as Clutch Cargo. And a lot of people remember that show fondly. Uh, I will discuss Clutch Cargo in another episode at a later date. Anyway, uh, it ran like I said before. It ran for fifty-two episodes, and the character of the the character of the space angel his was a secret identity. His name was Scott McCloud, and he had an eye patch, and he would lower his dark tinted visor, visor, excuse me, to on his helmet to conceal his ad, identity. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little tongue-tied. Anyway, um. The animation was very limited, but, you know, once they speak talking, you could see the lips move. And the storylines were serialized over five episodes, which ran about five minutes each. And it was in order to, television stations can air them five days a week. And they had cliffhangers, just like in the serials in the, in the, in the old days in the movies, they used to do that. And, uh... They would say, oh, my God, you know, uh, either Scott McCloud or his uh, squadron, members of his squadron do that. Okay, and uh, let's see. I will tell you who is the the squadron, who was, who was the staff. And uh, first of all, the name of the spaceship was called Starduster. And there was Scott McCloud. He was the space angel. And then there was Crystal Mace. She was an electronics communications expert. And, uh, and then we have the immensely strong Scottish-born gunner, 
engineer Taurus, voiced by L. Hal Smith, who was uh, who played Otis, Otis the Drunk on the old Andy Griffith show, and he was one of the funniest characters on the show, aside from Don Knotts, who played Barney Fife. And uh, anyway, so they went on missions and they uh, battled a lot of villains, a lot of bad guys. Uh, the main antagonists of the show were the Athenians. They were modeled of a combination of ancient Rome and Greece, and their home planet is shown like in like in ancient times. You know, like they had the Colosseum, and they had they were dressed like gladiators, and uh, they dressed in togas. They had swords, you know, and they were armed with blaster rifles. Another antagonist on the show was Zora, the evil queen of space. She, and she resembled Nefertiti. And her henchmen were the general and the major. And uh, they were, you know, they were bad guys too. So uh, they used to show the the show on Garfield, Goose, and Friends on WGN TV Channel 9, hosted by Fraser Thomas. And I used to watch that all the time. I loved it. I watched it right before I went to school during the 70s. Uh, other shows they, they were shown on Garfield Goose was uh, Sinbad the Sailor, Journey to the Center of, T- of the Earth, or is it Time? I think Journey, Cent- Journey of the Center of Time. Excuse me. I'll do a story about that one. And uh, let's see what else. Oh, The Funny Company. They did that. And uh, also The Mighty Hercules. I love that show. And uh, I think I mentioned Sinbad and the Sailor, too. I think so. And uh, I think they showed Pink Panther. I think they did, yeah, later on. So that's good. Anyway, uh, it's an interest. Uh, you can find episodes on YouTube, and there's some shows on DVD which you have to find. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about is Ernie Banks, who was also known as Mr. Cub and Mr. Sunshine, and he was a a great American professional baseball player. He played in the MLB. He was a shortstop and first baseman for the Chicago Cubs between 1953 and 1971. Before that, he played for the Kansas City Monarchs, and he was in the Negro, it was the Negro League. Uh, he was there briefly. And uh, whenever you hear Ernie Bunks, excuse me, Ernie Banks, <laughs> call him Ernie Bunks. Why do I do that? Um, you know, it always puts a smile on Cubs fans, but he was not just for Cubs fans. He was also White Sox fans and baseball fans in general. You know, even as a not a sports fan myself, I liked him as well. He was very congenial, well-spoken, you know, very calm, gent- very a gentleman, you know, wonderful man. And then, um, let's see what else. Yeah, he was born in Dallas, Texas, second of 12 children. Uh, he was born on January 31st, 1931. So he would have been 90 years old this year. And, uh, let's see, he served in Korea and he started playing baseball in high school and also did football, football and track. But I think baseball was, uh, his forte. So he was, it was great in that. And, uh, you know, I remember watching him in the 70s 
Well, no, actually, I have not uh, because he retired. He he stopped playing. So uh, I saw clips of him during the set when I was growing up in the seventies, and then he was interviewed by Jack Burkhouse later on. Later on with Harry Carey on the the tenth inning show. He was a he was a freaking frequent guest on the show, <laughs> and he was um, he was fun to watch. You know, it, it was it was a pleasure watching him. And then, uh, let's see, in 1966, he worked for the Seaway National Bank. It's probably on the south side of Chicago. And then he uh, spent time working in an insurance company. And, uh, you know, so he was a busy man. And then him and uh, another uh, African-American man named Bob Nelson, uh, they became partners and they operated the, the a Ford Motor Company dealership. They were the first black owners in 1967, and that was located at 76th Street and Stony Island Avenue, right near my old church, St. Constantine and Helen. That was located on 74th, about a couple blocks away, and I, I was not aware about that. So they ran it for quite a while, and uh, he was appointed to the Board of Directors of the Chicago Transit Authority in 1969. And there's a picture of him floating around eBay or on the Internet that he is in the driver's seat wearing a CTA bus uniform. That's kind of cool, you know. And uh, so anyway, uh, you know, so he just, uh, you know, he retired and uh, made personal appearances so and then when he uh let's see when he passed away on january 23rd 2015 uh, it was very sad you know and they lost a chicago legend and uh it's too bad he did not live to see the the cubs win the for the world series in 2016 that would have been fun he died a, a year before you know that might have put a smile on his face and then you know right now when the Cubs won the World Series, and then you had the greatest good players there, and then they announced this year that they're gone. They've been traded, you know, like Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. They're wonderful players, good guys, and they don't play them for anymore. That's uh, that's like a that's like a stab in the back to Cubs fans. It's not fair. I think it stinks. Oh well, <laughs> I wish them luck like that. Anyway, that'll be all for uh, today. For this episode, uh, episode fifty-four, and uh, a couple things, a few things I want to mention. Uh, there were some deaths in uh, this week. A celebrity deaths. One was Charlie Watts, the drummer of the Rolling Stones. He was he was the at age eighty. He was a wonderful man, and uh, so he was uh, he was very subdued, very quiet. You know, and another celebrity death was actor Michael Nader, and he played Dex, Dex Dexter on the TV soap Dynasty. I used to watch Dynasty religiously every Wednesday. Another eighties uh, soap operas, like uh, for example, Dallas, uh, Falcon Crest, uh, Nuts Landing. You know, and there was the Colbys that was on briefly, and then later on in the nineties was Melrose Place. I watched that. Okay, so that'll be all for today. And uh, I hope to hear from you soon. Um, episode 55 will be this coming weekend. And uh, hopefully I will talk, uh, probably be this Saturday. So it'll be a lot of fun. Also, September is Bozo Circus Month. And I will be doing a podcast or episode or two. Make a video 
and write a story on my blog, on the Chicago Land blog. Okay, so this is Pete Costanas signing off, and bye-bye for now. And here's Ray Rayner saying bye-bye for now. Take care, everybody. We have to go. Bye-bye-bye.